Blog Talk Radio. Who are 
uh, just tuning in tonight. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor, uh, your hostess from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. You can find us on the internet at www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. Our uh, email address is jet245 at msn.com. Also, uh, our mailing address is P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27105. Um, and you can, um, if you want to sow a seed to this ministry, if you are being blessed by this ministry, a young man texted me on yesterday from Texas, and he told me how much he is being blessed by myself and uh, the ministry of Apostle Emmett Overton. And I'm telling you, he blessed me by just sharing uh, the things that he shared, and he encouraged me. Amen. And so if you are being blessed by this ministry, you can sow a seed into this ministry at, uh, by using PayPal or Zelle. And I'm going to tell you how to do that in one minute. Um, phone number here is area code 336-830-0601. And if you want to, uh, if you are led by the Spirit to sow into this ministry, you can do so by um, using the um, this ID for uh, PayPal and for Zelle. Uh, the, the ID is jet245 at msn.com. So, again, if you are led by the Spirit to sow a seed into Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry. First of all, I want to let you know you are sowing into good ground. We do not misuse or mishandle the funds of God. Whatever God sends to this ministry, it goes out. We actually tithe and send money to other ministries. We don't spend not one penny on ourselves. I don't take a salary. Uh, it is because of the Lord. A blessing that I don't take a salary, but God has told me never to set a fee for the preaching of the gospel, so I never do that. But if you want to sow a seed, I will not stop you from sending a donation to this ministry, and um, you can do that through PayPal or Zelle, and the ID for both is JET245 at msn.com. Glory be to God in the highest. Now, I want to tell you about uh, another aspect of this ministry, which is called the Sweet Hour of Prayer. And um, this is a, a part of the ministry. It is our prayer line, and we pray every day, Monday through Saturday at 12 noon. We pray for one hour because Jesus said to his disciples, can you not pray with me for one hour? And my answer is yes, Lord. So we pray one hour uh, Monday through Saturday at 12 noon through 1 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. And then on Sunday night, we pray at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, if you're in a different time zone, you will need to adjust your time 
accordingly, okay? Now, let me give you the number. The number is area code 425-436-6333, and the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. So, again, that is the sweet hour of prayer. Monday through Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be praying together with other prayer warriors for one hour. The phone number is 425-436-6333-716-5050, followed by the pound sign is the access code. Again, that's 425. Access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. Now, without any further ado, we are going to get into the word of the Lord. Tonight's message, glory be to God. And tonight's message is entitled, The Crossroads. Glory be to God. The Crossroads. You know, there comes a time in our lives where we are faced with decisions. We have to make a decision. Sometimes it might be, you know, where we're going to work or which house we're going to buy or live in. And, you know, you have to make a decision who you're going to marry. You know, you need to make a decision what bank you're going to keep your money in. You need, we make decisions all the time. Um, and even when it comes to serving the Lord, you made a decision. Now, the Bible says no man can come uh, to the Lord except the Lord draw him. And so God begins to woo you, and then you finally make the decision to come in. And some people, you know, they, they, uh, they resist the Lord, and they reject the Lord. And so some people, he give us free will. So some people, you know, they don't um, serve the Lord, uh, although they, they know that God was calling them. Some people, God called them to preach, and so they have to make a decision uh, whether they're going to obey the Lord or they're going to continue with their own secular life. Uh, I know of several ministers and pastors said the Lord told them, to quit their job, come out of work, and um, do nothing but full-time ministry. I know for myself, um, the Lord was calling me off of my job. I tried to stay, and God fixed it where I uh, 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 actually uh, was let go um, because, you know, they didn't have any more money to pay me, and so God fixed it that way. But God... I, I tried to get another job and went on the other job. And, you know, I, I just knew, hey, this isn't what God wants me to do. So I finally just surrendered to the Lord. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to live uh, by faith. And that's what I've been doing. I've been living by faith, and the Lord has been taking care of me. And uh, I do thank the Lord. He is a provider. He will provide. But you have to make decisions about things. Well, I'm telling you, I said all of that to say that 2024 is going to be a decision year. Not only is this an election year, 
and people have to decide how they're going to cast their votes, whether you're going to vote Republican or whether you're going to vote Democratic. People have to decide. But I'm going to tell you something even about that. You better make sure you are hearing from God. Hallelujah. This is one election. I'm telling you, you better be prayerful concerning it. Glory be to God. You can't go with tradition. You're not going to be able to uh, go by what the media is saying. You're not going to be able to make the proper decision by anything other than prayer and what the Holy Spirit says. Glory be to God. Not what your family has always done. We've always voted this way. We've always voted that way. This is the year because this is a critical, critical election. This is the year. You better make sure you hear from God. Well, in the same line, in the same line, uh, uh, we, the church, the body of Christ is at a crossroad. And this is the year that you're going to have to make up your mind. Joshua said in Joshua 24 and 15, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was the head of that household, and he made that decision for his family. Glory be to God. And some of you are in headship positions. You are going to have to make a, a, a decision as to which way you and your house are going to go. Are you going to serve the Lord, or are you going to turn back? Because I'm telling you now, there will be no straddling the fence. You will either fully commit to God on this year, or you're just going to go back because there will be no straddling the fence. There will be, you know, when you come to a crossroad, you actually have to decide which way you're going to go. You're either going to go left or you're going to go right. But nobody stands still at the crossroad. You can't stay at the crossroad. You've got to go one way or another. Glory be to God. And that is what tonight's message is about. Go with me very quickly to Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. Glory be to God. We're going to hear what the Lord has to say. And uh, 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 the scripture says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see and ask for the old path, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. So I want to go over this particular verse, um, and, and then I'll get to the other verses that go along with this. Now, in this particular verse, the man of God is saying to God's people, stand in the way. The way is the highway. Stand in the highway and see and ask. You got to ask God for the old path, the ancient path, the righteous way. Glory be to God. Not none of this new age stuff, not what this modern-day church is doing, because I'm telling you something. If you haven't seen it, the modern-day church is off track. They are doing some crazy things. I looked at uh, a, a, a video of a church down in Atlanta on New Year's, and I'm telling you, I couldn't even believe 
that this was a church, this was the house of God, and this was a pastor, had the people listening to secular rap music, they were dancing to the song, walking in the house of the Lord. And he tried to use that in a spiritual manner, but the words, the lyrics to that song are so ungodly that there was nothing spiritual about it, nothing holy about it, nothing righteous about it. It was not a righteous moment, and he brought that filth into God's house, and I mean the people, the young people, they broke out. They were getting down, but they were not worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then the pastor had the nerve, when he took the mic, he began to prophesy to his congregation. He said to them, uh, by this time, he, wait a minute, I need to back up. He said, the Lord said, by this time next year, you're going to have three houses with your name on it. And I'm telling you, I, I, my mouth dropped open. It was a jaw-dropping moment. I, I, I just couldn't even believe that I was hearing such foolishness because nowhere in the Bible will you ever see that God promised people material goods. He said that the Lord said that they were going to have three houses with their names on it. First of all, he don't know the spiritual condition of those people. What if they're not working? What if they don't even have a job? Uh, he promised over, uh, 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 over millions of dollars to people that they would have three homes with their name on it. That is so unbiblical. He didn't say anything about holy living. He didn't say anything about righteous living. And then he made an altar call. Naturally, over 150 people came to that altar, but they did not come for salvation because he did not say who wants to be. What he said was who wants to join this church, and they joined it because it's like a club. I mean, you can get down with the get down, and they were partying and carrying on in the house of the Lord. And I became so afraid for this church and for that pastor and I said, my God, what if God, what if the wrath of God were to come down on them and literally strike them all dead for bringing this unholiness, this unrighteousness in the house of God? So I'm back to my subject again. The church is at a crossroads. That was just one church. We see all of these uh, 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 sexual sins uh, being exposed. You see, judgment begins at the house of God, and God is judging those who are supposed to be great leaders, who have great followers. God is judging those people. Glory be to God. The Bible says, beware when all men speak well of you, for so spake their fathers of the false prophets. And so I'm saying to the rest of those pastors, big name celebrity pastors, you need to be trembling. You need to be shaking in your boots because God is snatching the covers off of people. Hallelujah. The church is at a crossroads. Either we're going to follow God and obey the word of God, or we are going to follow in the traditions of men. 
Some people are not worshiping God. They are worshiping men. And God said, I will not share my glory with another. You cannot stand up and worship men because we see that men's hearts are failing them. Even now, there's so much corruption going on in the body of Christ. And we wonder why sinners don't want to be saved because they see what's going on in the church. They see it. They see pastors at parties that they should not be at. They see pastors doing ungodly things that pastors should not be involved in. And then they say, ain't these people ain't saved. These people ain't for real. And they begin to judge us based on what two or three are doing. And I'm telling you, God is snatching the covers off of people. There was a pastor here in North Carolina. He was involved with a man. My God, they were in in having a same-sex relationship. And the man hid a camera in the room and videoed it. He videoed it, and then the man put it on TikTok. Bam! He was exposed. Glory be to God. And I saw I saw the video where he was just crying and weeping and going on. But I believe, I don't even believe those were tears of repentance. I believe those were tears. He, I'm sorry I got caught. Glory be to God. You see, that's what's being said today. Uh, if I did it, all I got to do is repent. Let me tell you something. The word repent means to turn away from, not to continue. Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Glory be to God. So we, the body of Christ, is at a crossroads. I'm so excited about this message. We're at a crossroads. We just entered into a new calendar year. And the newness of it is always a time of excitement. Glory be to God until the newness wears off. You know, everybody makes New Year's resolutions. Uh, people say they're going to lose 10, 20 pounds. People say they're going to the gym. They're going to work out. They're going to eat healthier. People say, I'm going to church more. I'm going to spend more time reading my Bible. People say all sorts of things as they are coming into this new year. But Usually by the end of January, it's already worn off. Glory be to God. But little do we know that we are at a crossroads in history. And what we do in this moment will actually determine the future of this nation as well as your future. See, what you do in this moment is critical. So you need to examine yourself. And see where you are in the faith, because I'm telling you something. God has brought us to this crossroad for a reason. It's time out for flipping and flopping and playing with God. One minute you're in the church, the next minute you're in the club. One minute you want to be saved, the next minute you're trying to rub shoulders with the celebrities. You're trying to get on stage with them, and, 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 and you're trying to get your minute of fame. But for those that are sold out to the Lord, that is what God is calling for. Sanctified, sold out people, those who are washed in the blood of the Lamb, who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and cleansed. Let me tell you something. You cannot tell me that you have been cleansed 
by the blood and you are in filth and wickedness and unrighteousness. The Bible says that the Lord will say to you, depart from me. I never knew you. Not that I don't know you, but I never knew you. People act like joining uh, 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 the body of Christ is like joining a club. No, this is not a club. This is the way to heaven. This is the way. Jesus said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when you get on this road, you have to have a made-up mind. You got to read God's word. You got to see what God says. He'll say, do this, and he'll say, don't do that. And sometimes God will even tell you why not to do it. He said it will lead to destruction. Glory be to God. And nobody wants destruction, but people don't want to do what God says do. You want to still have your cake and eat it too, but not in this year. 2024 is going to be a year where God's people are going to be stripped but naked before the whole public. Because I'm going to tell you something about God. God is such a loving God. He will come to you privately first, just like he sent Nathan the prophet to David. He sent him to him privately. But had David not received the word of the Lord, had David not repented, had David not written the 51st Psalm, crying out to the Lord, weeping over his sins, then guess what? God would have dealt with him publicly. And so that's what we're seeing now. People, God has been talking to people. God has been nudging you. People, God has been sending you message upon message. You know, there are some people in the body of Christ, they seem to think that they're untouchable. They seem to think that they're above God. They mixing a little bit of this with a little bit of that. First of all, you can't find nowhere in the scripture where God called us to be motivational speakers. He said, preach the word in season and out of season. We're not to motivate people and try to be life coaches and tell people how to make money. You know what? That has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. So the church is at this crossroads. We're at a crossroads, and whatever we do in this moment will determine our future and our destiny. Let's look at uh, Matthew. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So we see an illustration of two roads, two roads. One is broad, one is narrow. The Bible tells us that on the wide road, there are plenty of people. There are lots of people on this broad road. It's wide and uh, it is covered with people. But the scripture says that it leads to destruction. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something that people don't even realize. Everybody 
that's on this broad road are not claiming to be sinners. Some people that's on this broad road claim to be saints. So you got sinners and and so-called Christians on this broad road. Let me tell you what they're doing. They're slipping and sliding. They're dipping and hiding. They're in iniquity, secret sins. The Lord had me to preach on that a few uh, uh, weeks ago, and boy, I hit a, 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 a hornet's nest. So many preachers got mad at me for talking about secret sins in the church. But you know what? That was a warning from God. God said, deal with it. So I dealt with it. And then guess what? Next comes the judgment because people had an opportunity to repent. They have an opportunity to repent, to come clean with whatever sins that they were in. I remember when Achan stole the silver and the gold and the Babylonian garment, he hid it under the ground, under his tent. And uh, when they lost that battle, they should have been worn hands down. Joshua went before the Lord and said, God, why did we lose that battle? God said, get up from there. He said, there's sin in the camp. So Joshua, he found out who it was. It was Achan. And he said, my son, tell the truth. Confess. See, that's what you got to do. If if you're trying to live right and you done messed up, confess your sin. Make sure that you are not playing like you okay, you pretending. And then the next thing you know, you in deeper sin or you are exposed, glory be to God. So he said, Achan, what have you done? Achan said, "Uh, I I saw these things, and, you know, I was overcome with temptation, and I took this stuff, I took this wedge of silver, I took this piece of gold, and I took uh, this Babylonian garment, and I hid it in in my tent up under the ground. And Joshua said, go and get it. See, you got to go and get what you got hid in your tent. You got to bring it out. You got to confess. Let's look at 1 John. 1 John 1 and, um, thank you, Holy Spirit. 1 John 1 and 9. It says, well, I'm going to read 1 John 1 and 8 and then 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to do what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Glory be to God. Verse 7 says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So when you know you got sin in your life, you need to confess it. Confess it to God. Come clean. That's why so many people are in bondage today, because they don't want to acknowledge that they are in sin. Whether you lied, whether you stole, whether you had, you know, iniquity is those hidden sins. It's the things you can't see. Jealousy and envy, all of those things, uh, gossiping, backbiting, uh, stealing. So many people steal or cheat on their taxes. Then you got so many people, they uh, uh, are buying hot clothes, all kind of foolishness. Let me tell you something. God is not pleased with that. 
The believer is supposed to live a life of holiness and integrity, a sanctified life unto the Lord. And so if you make a mistake, if you get overtaken in a sin, just acknowledge it. Acknowledge, Lord, I have sinned. David said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. Go to God in prayer and confess that thing. Come clean with God. He knows what you did anyway, but you still need to trust God. Trust him enough to go to him, hallelujah, and confess that thing. And so when you don't have that, you have Christians in sin. Now, they are on this broad road, and the Bible says that it leads to destruction, and there are many, there are many, they're pretending, I call it the great pretenders, they're pretending that they are right with God. They look the part. They 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 uh, shout publicly. They do all these things. They dress the part. But then behind closed doors, it's a different story. And the Bible says there are many this road. But let us not forget where that road is leading. It's leading to destruction. All right. Verse 14 says, but straight is the gate, and narrow is the way. The way is the way to eternal life with Jesus Christ. And it says, it leads unto life, and there be few that find it. This is the people that have submitted their lives and their will over to the Lord. And this is what they say, not my will, Lord. Thy will be done. The Bible said, whoever wants to be my disciple, let him deny himself. See, that's the problem. We don't want to deny ourselves. We want our cake. Scripture clearly is against that. He said, let him deny himself. So let's just say you you got a propensity for a certain sin. The Bible says deny yourself. You know, when you were in sin, You participated in it, sometimes ignorantly, sometimes knowingly. But now that you supposedly have come out of sin, why are you still messing in that? Why do you you think you can serve two masters? You cannot. And what will happen is that the enemy himself will destroy you because the enemy sees that you're not going to be faithful to God so Satan feels like, well, you ain't going to really be faithful to him either. And he will get tired of you and destroy you. So this year, with the body of Christ is at the crossroads. Now, we have been given free will by God. So that means we have a choice. When God said Joshua, in, um, in the book of Joshua, he told him, don't look to the left nor to the right. He said, but meditate on my word day and night. Well, that same instruction is to us. Don't look to the left or to the right. In other words, don't listen to other voices and don't listen to your own voice. Don't lean to your own understanding. Proverbs 3 says, lean not to thy own understanding, but acknowledge him in all thy ways and he will direct thy path. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We have got to 
call upon the name of the Lord and ask the Lord at this crossroad, which way do you want me to go, Lord? Which way? Which way? Because the way that God leads you is going to be the right way. If I make my own decision, it's going to be the wrong way. But if I ask the Lord to show me the way, you know, sometimes my husband, he loses keys, and he's just running around, running around, all around the house looking for his keys. And he says, honey, have you seen my keys? No, I haven't seen them. And really, I haven't. And then after so long, I say, hey, 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 stop. Let's pray. Let's pray and ask God where those keys at. And without fail, every single time, God has showed us where the keys were at. Now, we could have spent the rest of the day hunting for those keys, but I find it easier to just ask God because God knows everything. And he show us where the keys at. So if I can ask God to show me where the keys at, surely I can ask God to show me the way that I should go. And when we get into trouble, it is because we didn't ask God. So many people say, oh, I thought it was going to be this. Oh, I thought so-and-so was going to be like this, but you didn't ask God. You didn't ask God. I remember a certain person ran for president, and everybody voted for him based on the color of his skin. Who are you going to vote for? And they automatically said this particular person. And I said, well, why are you going to vote for him? And they, they, they pointed to the color of their skin. I said, is that a reason to vote for somebody? You don't know anything about this man's character, his platform. Have you talked to God about this? Well, no, we just, we, I'm just going to vote for him. I said, oh, okay. And it did not turn out the way people thought it would. As a matter of fact, it was quite the contrary. So we can't do, we can't lean to our own understanding. We cannot because our understanding is messed up. It's messed up. Your way of thinking and my way of thinking, it's messed up. It's human thinking. It's earthly. We need to get heaven's perspective on things. And when we do, we won't be in these messes. So at this crossroads, we have been given free will. Glory be to God. And we have to go the way that God wants us to go. But we'll never go the way that God wants us to go if we don't stop and ask the Lord, which way should I go? Let's look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 35 and verse number 8. And this is what the word of the Lord says. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. Now, what is this verse saying? This verse is telling us about the highway of holiness. 
the highway of holiness, which is the way of righteousness. It's the way of the believer. Believers have no business off in the desert, over in a ditch, or, or in a ravine somewhere. We are to be on the highway of holiness. And it is the way that God has ordained for us. You know, the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, God took them a certain way. Glory be to God. He took them through the wilderness, them the long way. The Bible says that it was an 11-day journey, but they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? That was their own doing. Because God was going to bring them into the promised land, but because of their unbelief and their disobedience, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. God could not take them in to the promised land, although it was just an 11-day journey. But he could not take them in because even though he had brought them out of Egypt, God still had to get Egypt out of them. Kept longing for the leeks and the onion and their flesh. See, Egypt was in them. And they didn't want to let go of Egypt. One of the first things they did when they came out of Egypt, while Moses was up in the mountain with God, they made a golden calf and began to worship it and say that's what brought them through the Red Sea. That's what brought them out of Egypt. Now, you know those people were tripping. First of all, you saw one of the greatest miracles that you have ever seen. You saw Moses take his rod and strike it over the Red Sea, and the waters departed hither and thither and stood up, congealed. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. And they went through on dry ground. Can you just just go with me there for a minute and imagine this mighty, mighty miracle? Pharaoh and his army is behind you, and there ain't nothing but water in front of you. But because God is with you, he cut a highway through the Red Sea for his people, divided the water and held it back for them to go through. Six million people. That ain't even counting the women and children. So you saw this. You saw what God did, and then Pharaoh saw it. Pharaoh and his army, they decided, oh, we're going after them. We're going the same way they went. And God allowed them to get all the way into the middle. And then God closed up the seal, drowned the horse and his rider, happy drowned in the Red Sea. 
So how you going to come through that and then get on the other side and say this golden calf that you had to take your earrings and bracelets off to melt down and make, made with the hands of man, but you said this is God. Who have bewitched you? How did you get tricked up like that? See, they had a decision to make, and they decided to follow God, to go through that Red Sea. God took them all the way through, and they got to the wilderness. And then when they got on the other side, in the wilderness, the first thing they did was reach back to Egypt. God just destroyed your enemies. God just brought you through a whole sea. He cut a highway and brought you and six million people through it. But yet, you reach back for Egypt and say, this is God. This is our God. So they ended up staying in the wilderness for 40 years. As a matter of fact, God, snakes bit them, fiery serpents began to bite them. All sorts of things were happening to them. They were just murmuring and complaining. And let me tell you something. All these things happen because of their unbelief. See, a lot of people say, oh, I believe God, I love God, but you don't fear God. That's the whole problem. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When the people fear God, the fear of God will keep you from doing certain things that you know are wrong. But the fear of God is missed. This is why people are doing the most horrendous things in this day and time. I'm talking about Christians. This is why that church down in Atlanta could play that unholy music and tell the people to walk it out. And they were walking it out too. And then he proper lied to them and told them by the end of 2024, they're going to have three houses with their name on them. Wow. Where can you find that in scripture? Where? Where can you, what scripture can you back that up with? But the people, they were seduced. They were under, you know, uh, 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 the the buzzword today is uh, people are influencers. But they were under his influence. They had drank the Kool-Aid. They were mesmerized and hypnotized. He had them so high that they believed that lie. Some of them people didn't even have jobs. And they're going to have three houses by the end of 2024. Wow. Now, God can do anything. Don't get me wrong. But God don't go against his word. He don't go against his word. And so 
The children of Israel, they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. And God had to let a generation die out because he said, because of your unbelief, I can't even take you in the promised land. I can't take Egypt into the promised land. You got Egypt. It's, it's deeply rooted in you. It's embedded in you. It's in your DNA. I can't take you in. So God let all those people die in the wilderness. And he took their children in. My God. Is that what God's going to have to do to this generation? Is he going to have to let a generation of people that's playing church die out and raise up another generation unto himself who will obey God, who will believe God, and who will walk in the fear of God. Is that what God's going to have to do? I'm going to tell you something. You decide. Because the body of Christ is at the crossroads. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So Isaiah said that there's a highway, and it is a way. And it's, it's, that means the way. And it shall be the way of holiness. It amazes me when First Peter says, Be ye holy, for I am holy that people don't want to live holy. Christian people. I can understand the world saying, no, we don't want no part to that. But believers, those who lift up or say they belong to Jesus Christ, they don't want to walk in the way of holiness. You're doing everything the world does. It used to be what God said to the, to the church, go ye into all the world and make disciples. But now the world coming into church making disciples. They're influencing the church. Sinful people are the influencers who are coming into the church and they are influencing us based on what how in the world did that pastor allow that music to be played in that church. In other words, that secular artist, he was had the whole church under his influence. I remember when I got saved. I came out of the crack house. I came out of jail and prison. I was a prostitute in the street, and God saved me. I knew that I was never going to be a street prostitute again. I knew that I was never going to use drugs and alcohol again. I knew I was never going to put that stuff in my body again. Now, what kind of Christian would I have been down at the crack house smoking crack talking about I'm saved? Even my fellow uh, uh, constituents would not have believed that. They would have said, you doing what we doing. What would I have looked like trying to tell people, oh, I'm born again. Y'all on y'all way to hell, but I'm born again. 
but I'm saying pass the pipe. What would that have looked like? I could not have influenced them because I would have been one of them. The Bible says, let your light shine that before men that they may see your good work. So the darkness is now coming into the church. And it's influencing the church. They're doing electric slide in the church. Oh, they're they doing some sexual sin, sexual immorality, homosexuality, all up in the church. Pastors in the pulpit cussing. And the people saying, amen, Bishop. You got to be kidding me. You going to listen to a pastor cuss you out in the pulpit and you going to say amen to that? These are influencers. And do you, you wouldn't even believe the number of people that responded to that video and told that pastor, they applaud him for having that kind of service. Other people were so just like disenchanted. They were like, they went to church to hear a word from the Lord. They, they wanted to, you know, rededicate themselves to God. And when they got to the house of God, it was transformed into a club. One lady said she started to go to the club, but she decided to go to church. She was at a crossroads, and she decided to go to church. And when she got there, she was so disappointed at what she heard and what she saw. This is a sinner. They come for the word. They come to hear what thus saith the Lord. They come to receive. They, they, they want a touch from the Lord into a nightclub. You ought to be ashamed of yourself to even name the name of Christ. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm praying for that pastor. As a matter of fact, I'm afraid for him. I'm afraid for him because he wasn't afraid to bring that into the house of God. Bishop William Murphy, may God have mercy upon you. You had all those people that you could have preached the gospel to. You could have told them about Jesus Christ the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. But yet, you proper lied to them. Houses, cars, and land. Three houses. By the end of 2024, I tell you the truth. Those people are to stone you if they don't get them three houses 2024. They ought to call you out. 
because you lied to them. On national TV, you lied. And you said, thus saith the Lord. And I'm afraid for you because there was a prophet by the name of Jeremiah who was telling Zedekiah what thus saith the Lord. And another prophet, Hananiah, raised up his voice and said, no, that ain't what God's saying. God said it's only going to be two years. And Jeremiah told him, God said it's going to be 70 years they would be in captivity. Hananiah come back with a different lie and said, two years. And Jeremiah told him, by this time next year, you're going to be dead. Now, with a real prophet of God, please stand up. Because by that time next year, Hananiah was dead. So you got to stop playing with God. You got to get real with God. Because God is not a toy. You come out better going to Walmart, buying yourself some toys, and sit down and play with them than to play with God. And this brings us to the crossroads. He said it's the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. In other words, no unrighteous are going to be there. Let's look at this word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Don't fool yourself. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's homosexuals, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. People that are doing these things are not going to make it into the kingdom of God. They're in the kingdom of darkness. They're not going to make it unless they repent. Glory be to God in the highest. He said, the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men. Glory be to God. They who walk the road. Glory be to God. Though fools shall not air therein. In other words, you're going to accidentally get on the way to holiness, the highway of holiness. You're not going to accidentally end up over there. You won't get there through osmosis. The only way you're going to get there on this highway of holiness is to make a decision because you're at a crossroads. You can either keep playing church or you can make up your mind 
For God I'll live and for God I'll die. I'm going to serve God till I die with everything I got. I'm going to live holy. I'm going to present my body to God as a living sacrifice. That's Romans 12, 1 and 2. And be not conformed to the image of this world. And that is what we are seeing today. The church is conforming to the image of this world. It's idolatry. And God hates idols. So we had a crossroads. We had a crossroads. Because the crossroads is where you decide. It's you you must make a decision here at this junction. Either you're going to fully consecrate yourself to the Lord God Almighty or continue in sin. And you will drift along until you have drifted away with the masses into apostasy. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Psalm 23. Hallelujah. Psalm 23 and verse 3. says, he restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You see, it's a path of righteousness, holiness, sanctification, redemption. You're not going to tell me that Jesus, who suffered, bled, and died so that you and I could have a right to the tree of life, and we're going to trample upon the blood of Jesus Christ, making it of no effect? You mean to tell me that God, who sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. You mean to tell me that the blood is not sufficient? It did not cleanse you. It didn't cleanse your mind because you drifted. You're drifting back or you're being lured back like the Pied Piper. He piped to the children and lured all the children away. That's what this apostasy is. People are being lured away. The enemy is using lust, money, and power. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Satan ain't got nothing new. He's using the same old tricks that he's always used. You want money so badly. You want fame so badly. But the Bible says, what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Your soul is going to spend eternity somewhere, eternity heaven or eternity hell. The soul is going to live forever. This body's going back to the dust. But your soul 
It's going to live forever. That's why we're at the crossroads. The church, the scripture says judgment must begin at the house of God. God's going to judge the church first. Because really, we are supposed to be the influencers. But we didn't allow the devil to flip the script. Instead of us influencing the world, he said, go ye out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Go out and make disciples of all nations. Instead of us influencing the world, the world is influencing the church. God forbid. God brought me out of the world. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, sinking very deeply, staying within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now saved am I. It was his love that lifted me. And do you think that I'm going back to that? Know ye not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? When the church starts doing all this crazy stuff, this stuff, it, it spreads like wildfire. When the pastor start cussing, the members going to start cussing. Everybody be in that cussing. When the pastor's fornicating, the members will be fornicating. What's in the head going to be in the body? When the pastor starts lying, the members going to start lying. You can't separate the head from the body. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid no lying. No ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. When God is leading us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, that's what it's going to be like. But if we walk after our own way, fulfilling the lust thereof, that's not the good life. That's not, that's not the life God has uh, sent his son Jesus to die for us to have. Everything on, on this, in this life is temporary. Everything except salvation. It is eternal. So you're going to trade your soul for this mess? The pleasures of sin are but for a season. 
Many people are drifting away. There's a great falling away. People say, I don't care what the Bible says. Well, I'm scared of them. I'm scared of those types of people. I don't even want to stand beside them. See, at the crossroads, you will have to decide your fate and your future. God gave man out of all the creatures that he put on this earth. Man is the only one that God gave free will. So you have to decide at the crossroads. Which way do I go? Will I go deeper by coming closer to God? Or will I stay on the shore? Am I going to go whole hog with the Lord and all the way, no turning or looking back, or am I going to be like Lot's wife, turn back and uh, look back and turn to a pillar of salt? I have to decide. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet, and he was called out. He was used by God, called out the false prophet and sin that was in the land in amongst God's people. He wasn't calling out sin of the unbelievers. He was calling out sin amongst God's people. And I'm telling you right now that the church is under the judgment of God. And we must repent before the return of Jesus Christ. I don't know no other way to say that. I'm just going to say it like I hear God saying it. God is warning his people. He raised up watchmen. And the job of a watchman was to stand upon the wall and watch for oncoming, approaching enemies. And he would stand up on that wall and watch. If he saw somebody approaching, the first thing he did was warn the gate. He said, close the gate. The enemy is approaching. He didn't know if it was a friend or foe. But he didn't take any chances because he could see. You see, that's the job of a watchman. He has been given the gift of seeing things afar off. See, some people are only looking at what's in front of them now. But do you see what's coming? Do you see where this is leading? All you got to do is read the Bible. Temporarily. The book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah warned, good God Almighty, he warned the people. Isaiah warned the people. Ezekiel warned the people. Nehemiah and Ezra warned the people. The prophet. That's why don't nobody want to hear a prophet today. Because you want a prophet that will come and bring you an itching ear message. You want a prophet that will come and prophesy to you and tell you about houses and cars and land. But you don't want a prophet that will come and call out sin when the prophet sees sin in the camp. You don't like those kind of prophets. But if there's sin in the camp, 
We need to deal with it because if we don't deal with it, we're going to be defeated. And God called us to walk in victory. We are to win every battle. We're not defeated. We're not to walk in defeat. When we walk in defeat, it's because there is sin in the camp. So we have to make a decision. Am I going to let God have his way? Or am I going to continue compromising? Until the enemy comes and takes me away altogether. Because Satan will. He'll come and take you out. He sees you straddling the fence. At the crossroads, we have to decide. We must decide if we are going to abide in God's word. Because he said in his word, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask what you will, and it shall be done. That's why no prophet, no preacher, no minister, no evangelist, nobody can come and promise you three houses by the end of 2024. He said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, Satan came to tempt Jesus while he was in the wilderness. And he said, if you just bow to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Time. Each time the Lord spoke to him, he said, it is written. He gave Satan the word of God. He said, thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. He had the word. He, 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 he defeated him with the word. And Satan was so stupid, he was offering the Lord everything that belonged to him already. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. If you want wealth, ask God. He'll give you a strategy. Or he'll just supernaturally give you wealth. But you got to want him more than you want the wealth. See, a lot of people just want God's stuff, and they don't want God. God ain't no fool. But if you live in right and you serving God with your whole heart, the Lord will bless you. But your motives got to be right. Your motives. God is always looking at the heart. So at this crossroads, we got to make a decision. I must decide to abide in God's word 
and God's holy presence by living in the secret place of prayer, seeking God's face for wisdom and direction? Or am I going to continue as I am? I'm serving notice on you tonight. Nobody is going to stand still at the crossroads. You're going to have to go to the left or to the right. Our nation, even the body of Christ, is at the crossroads. And we must ask God, which way do we go from here? The wrong choice could be fatal. We must seek the Lord in prayer before we make one move. Glory be to God in the highest. Let's look at Hosea. Hosea chapter 6, and I'm almost done. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the church is at the crossroads, and it don't look good. But this is what we can do. This is the right decision. If you make this decision, this is this will be the right decision. Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And this is what it says. Now, remember, when we started, I want to read uh, uh, Jeremiah 6 and 16 again, and then I'm going to conclude with Hosea chapter 6. So some people say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to go, so I'm going to help you out. When we started out tonight, we started with Jeremiah 6 and 16. And it says, Stand, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. This is what Hosea says. Come and let us return unto the Lord. For he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us in the third day. He will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know if we go on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. So if you don't know which way to go, I've just given you the answer. Let us return unto the Lord. Let us put away this foolishness, all of this plan. Let's put that stuff away. You know that stuff ain't right. You know what you're doing is not the right thing to do. You know that's not the way of the Lord. Sneaking around with your boyfriend and your girlfriend. Coming in and out of hotels and motels and all of that foolishness. You know that's not right. Not right. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. It's 
time to get right with God. You're at a crossroads. You cannot continue the way you're going. It's time to surrender unto the Lord and to commit your way unto the Lord. Because if you don't, you will surely be exposed in 2024. Some people are saying this is the year of exposure. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is judgment has begun at the house of God. God is snatching the covers off of people and their nakedness will be seen by everybody. There will be plenty of public humiliation this year. People doing such wickedness who are supposed to be the leaders of the church. And I'm going to give a word to those of you who have been stealing money from the church. You better stop touching the holy things. What belongs to God, you better keep your hands off of it. You have been warned. We're at a crossroads. The body of Christ is at the crossroads. And this is the year that you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to continue as I have been going, or am I going all the way with the Lord? Am I going to surrender to him and commit my way unto the Lord? Am I going to? Be content just continuing to play church. Is that satisfying? It can't be. Am I am I gonna just say, you know, I've had enough of this. I really want to serve the Lord. I really wanna follow him. I'm gonna deny myself and follow the Lord. And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to give God my whole heart, and I'm not looking back. I'm I'm coming out of this, whatever I've been into. That's your decision tonight. I want to applaud you, and I pray over you. I pray that. Those of you that heard this message tonight, that you made your decision. You were at the crossroads, but you decided you're going to go to the right. You're going to go the way of the Lord, the right way. You're not going to look back. You're going to, you're going to, you actually, you're going to go straight. You're going to follow the Lord. His way is the straight way. 
You're going to follow the Lord. No matter what it takes, you're going to lose some friends along the way. Some people are going to be angry with you. You're going to lose some, some, might even lose some finances. You know, it could cost you, but you'll gain the whole world. You'll gain eternal life. That's what you're going to gain. Because none of this stuff down here, you can't take it with you. None of this stuff here, is, it, it means anything. It's worthless. All this stuff. I don't care if you got the most expensive house, the best car, or whatever. It's worthless compared to eternal life. So my prayer for you tonight is that this message has had an impact on you and that at this crossroads you make the right decision. That I'm a, you're going to really serve the Lord. You're going to stop playing with God because the fear of the Lord has impacted you tonight. And you're not going to continue in sin. This is God's messenger, Evangelist Janet Taylor, coming to you tonight live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry. Our web address is www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. Our email address is jet245 at msn.com. Our phone number is 336-830-0601. Call for prayer. If you need deliverance, call and make an appointment. Glory be to God. I'm going to close with these words. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. This is your hostess, Evangelist Janet Taylor, signing off tonight. If I don't leave anything with you, I want you to remember this. We're at the crossroads. The body of Christ is at the crossroads. And at the crossroads, you have to make the decision of your life. Choose life. This is your hostess saying good night and God bless you. Amen.